Welcome to Dances FAQ, the podcast that gives you health information, keys for action and motivation, as well as tips for your career and well-being. My name is Alex Rignier and I'm very excited to share all of that with you, artists, athletes and dancers. Hi guys, welcome back. Thank you for being with us today. If this is your first time here, welcome. Make sure you follow Dances FAQ on Instagram, where you can find some extra content like short videos and inspiring quotes. Today, my guest is Julia Shunevich. She's a dancer slash martial artist slash professional stunt woman. She's a real Swiss army knife, a performer of many forms, born in Kiev and raised in Germany before moving to the UK where she studied and settled down. Her path is impressive and she's only at the start of her journey. How did she switch from dance to wire work and fight, performing as the double of Hollywood stars in blockbusters? That's what you're going to find out in this episode. Enjoy! Hi, Julia. Welcome on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for being here today. So let's dive directly in the core of the subject. I checked your CV and you got a diploma in 2011 in dance and theater studies. And then, bam. In 2015, you were the stunt double of Tilda Swinton in Doctor Strange. How did this happen? Good question. Um, yeah, so I studied um, dance theater at the Volkwang University in Essen. And um, after my studies, I was curious about what I did as a kid, actually, which was um, more like hip hop dance and street dance. And also I wanted to do something else than dance. So I was like, okay, if it's, if I continue with dance, I'm going to branch out to like more street dance styles and I want to try something else. So I started with, um, actually it was very stereotypical, like a weird story. I traveled to Asia and then I wanted to find this martial arts that was really hard to find in Vietnam. Um, It's like a specific style that looked really cool, but I couldn't really find it. So then I came across a Kung Fu school and I trained in the temple. It was really like in a movie that I came into the temple and they were training Kung Fu. And I was like, this looks amazing. I want to join them. So I joined them and I really enjoyed it. So I just kept on training martial arts after that. And um, Then progress to different martial arts because I was just curious about the movement and how they differ and um, the different emphasis. So I was training martial arts mainly and then I moved to London and um, I was still dancing but doing more martial arts. So at some point I got invited to an audition by a friend and it was for Doctor Strange. And um, I think they were looking for a stunt double for Tilda but couldn't find anyone for a while. So they were like, I guess, looking at other fields or we're like thinking, are there maybe some dancers or like martial artists who are not stunt people per se, but maybe could adapt to it. So I auditioned for it and um, it worked out. So that's how the whole journey started with stunts. Wow. And then you completely shifted your training from dance to martial arts or were you doing both? Um, I was still doing both. For a few years, I think the bigger shift from away from dance was maybe a few years ago, but um, I still train here and there, like I take a ballet class or um, I freestyle at home, but it's not um, focused on dance as a professional dancer, but more on stunts and martial arts. But um, it's still in my mind and I'm still like 
thinking about doing it in the future and like connecting all of those things. I think it was like parallel for quite a while. And now it's like more martial arts. So you did some Kung Fu in Asia. Did you then travel again to learn other styles? So um, after doing Kung Fu for a bit in Berlin and London, I was curious to go to China because that's the birthplace. And uh, I just wanted to know how they how they teach it. And um, so I went there for just two months. And then I went to, so I went like on a whole half a year trip. And then I went to Indonesia for Penchak Silat. Penchak Silat is an Indonesian martial art. And I started it, I think maybe six years ago. So I started it in London. And then as well, I was like curious about the origin place. And um, what the whole thing is about, because it's different to learn Penchak Silat over here and grasping the whole concept of it. So um, I found a teacher in Indonesia. Um, shout out to my teacher, Chechep Arif Rahman. He's um, also um, an actor and stunt performer and choreographer in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was like super, super um, open-minded and he understood the dance part straight away. He was like, it's kind of similar to Penchak Silat as well in the essence of movement. But that's maybe another question about Penchak Silat. But yeah, I traveled to Indonesia, China and some other Asian countries just to train martial arts. And how was it? I was in China just for two months. And um, I do have a lot of friends who are professional wushu champions. So in that case, you would... Sometimes they would be in China for years and years. Like a friend of mine lived there for 10 years. So they would study at the university there and learn like the proper competitive style and everything. But um, for me, because I, I did more the traditional Kung Fu, which is not as acrobatic and um, as competitive, but it's more about, it's basically the same, but it's more about the energy and how you interpret it. And maybe the forms are a bit simpler. So I went to the traditional school. So I went first to Tago in Shaolin. So I did Shaolin Kung Fu. And um, in Tago, it's like a state school where they have thousands and thousands of students with different classes. It's like they started from five, from the age of five till 19. And they have different styles. Like they can um, learn kickboxing or Muay Thai as well or traditional forms. They even have stunt training for the kids. And that school was super interesting because you live with the local Chinese students, more or less like the the foreigners are still kind of in a, they, I mean, they have a hotel kind of room. Mm-hmm. So you share it with one person, whereas all the Chinese kids, they share the room with like 10 other classmates and um, right. are allowed to shower like three times a week or something. <laughs> it was quite intense like to hear those stories. But um, for us, it was more like a westernized training, which in the beginning I was a bit, <sighs> I was not happy about it. I was like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to train like the Chinese. I'm going to be <laughs> so good when I come out of it. And then I was in a group of Westerners and it was all different levels and different skills. So you kind of have to adapt and the training was more basic, but it was still super intense. So you train like 
five or six hours a day. And then you go running in the morning at six. And I did it. I don't know. I was like for a month, I did it every day except of Sundays. And it was way too much. Mm. I completely like overtrained, like running every day is not actually good for you. But um, I was like in the spirit, like, yeah, like doing everything I can. So I was there for a month and then I went to Beijing just to check out other schools, other teachers and um, also um, the state wushu school. Yeah, it was more academic, more accurate in the movement and more artistic, I'd say. But I thought um, to progress in that, I would need to study that style like explicitly. Mm. So I found another traditional teacher after that. And then I went back to Shaolin, but I went to the Shaolin Monastery. It's like a little valley and it has many different schools. And then um, in the center of it is the monastery of Shaolin. That is like the most famous monastery there. The training was similar to that state school, but... (sighs) I found out because in the beginning when you study Shaolin Kung Fu and I think many other people would have like the thought of there is a correct way or there is um, a way to do it. But then with every teacher, you find differences in, in what they like, what they emphasize on. So it's like every teacher has their different ways of teaching and one might be really good for you and the other not. So you have to find out for yourself Mm. what's the best way to learn so that was really interesting just to see different teachers because I think I was a person I would be like what is the right way to train it or what is the right movement but there there isn't really a right movement it's just more like how you do it the energy like and in these trainings so you were learning forms were you also fighting no So the China experience was mainly about forms. It was mainly just learning traditional forms, repeating them, making them look nice and energetic. And that was basically it. But um, so my travel to Indonesia differed a lot from it. So I found this teacher and then I just asked him if I could train with him. It was really random um, because he came to London to do a little seminar which I attended and then I had him in mind, but I didn't really have any connection to him. But then when I decided to go to Asia, I messaged him and he replied and he was like, yeah, sure. You just come to my village and we train together. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. So I went to Indonesia not knowing what to expect. And um, we trained every day in his home, just like very local very low-key like it wasn't he has a school for all the um, kids of the village it's like a really small village on java and uh, he would just teach the kids every day for free like it's amazing really really great what he does for the community for the whole um, area there yeah so the training was really personal and um, there are forms in penchak silat as well there are different categories of the style i'd say they have competitions which have um their own rules they have like um a pat on the chest you can't punch to the head to the face they don't wear gloves they don't wear head guard but they just have that pat on the chest so you can kick to the chest punch to the chest you can sweep um kick and uh 
yeah, so that's the competitive form. I never did that, but I knew that it existed and I saw some competitions. Mm -hmm. I was more interested in the traditional style. So you have the form aspect and the, I'd say like this more spiritual aspect of it. So you perform a form. First of all, there are many, many different styles of Penchaxilat, like every village, every area would have different styles, different emphasis on different level changes and um, how they would defend each other. Like on Sumatra, on the island, um, maybe you've seen that like people know the rate, for example, or they know the Harimau style, which is the tiger style. And that's based on, that's like a lot of movements on the ground. So you would do um, a lot of groundwork that might be similar to BJJ, but just the way they teach it and perform it is just very different. So on Java, the movement is more upright, so it's more standing. So that's the side of the, the artistic side where you do forms, where you do like traditional um, performances with a music orchestra. And then you can branch out of the, those forms in performances to your own style. So at the end, it's about creating your own interpretation of what Penchak Silat is for you. There are like different levels in style that I did. I just did the first level, which is all the basic um, self-defense techniques. So let's say the striking, the defending, deflecting, sweeps and stuff like that. And then the second level would be um, the weapons. So you choose different weapons and do that. And the third level would be the spiritual aspect and the style. So that's where I think it's the most similar to dance when there's, for example, I mean, it sounds like water, fire style, there's the monkey style. It's not that you have to wave around if you do water, but it's like you will find little elements of movements that are more similar to that element or what you imagine it to be. So that was super interesting. Also, just to see different people interpreting it their own way. Like some people would just go into trance and it would be more like a dance performance than a martial art performance. And then the third aspect is the self-defense aspect. So you would like learn different hand movements, how to de deflect, defend yourself um, with the knife or with the karambit, which is like, um, I don't know if you've seen it, like a half moon blade with a little grip. Mm -hmm. So, and was the the purpose to gain different skills, like as many skills as as you could, um, as a stunt person, or was it more to find what sort of martial artist you were and define your own style? Like, mm -hmm. what was the purpose of the travel? For me, um, it's a good question. Um, So I started with Kung Fu because I just like the movement and I like that explosive energy, which you can have in dance, but it's not necessarily there, depending on what style you do. Like in contemporary, you can have it, but um, you, it's just different. It's more free, free form. And in Kung Fu, it's more linear. So you, if you have a punch, like it starts there, it finishes there and has specific energy. So I really like that kind of simplistic but strong energy. So um, that was the beginning. But then after that, 
after doing forums, my thought was, well, I, if someone attacks me, I have no idea what to do. Mm. So I was kind of a bit lost after a year or two of Kung Fu. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like it's, it's just continuing my dance journey, but I need to know how to fight. So I started with Muay Thai. When I moved to London, I um, found a really good gym. Um, and it, that was like a proper, I'd say the most extreme training as in stamina wise and like as an athlete. So that was more hands-on competitive, um, martial arts training. So that's why I did my Thai. And then I moved to Penchak Silat because it kind of combined different aspects of organic movement, exploration, and the self-defense technique without gloves. So it would have like, and on different levels. So movement-wise, it would be like the broadest, I think, as in what you can do and what like relate to different areas more than let's say just Muay Thai, where you're upright, you still have to clinch and um, sweeps and different movements. But um, for me, just these three styles were like, I don't know, I just felt for them. Like, I just like them. So I, yeah. But um, I think in dance, because I did it in dance as well, I studied um, contemporary or modern and then did more contemporary than crump and popping. I think it's just the curiosity of what the styles, what they entail what um, similarities they have and what differences so it's just like to understand uh, I think the essence of the style or something like that so um, yeah maybe like the physics of it as well it depends yeah and then you found out that you were more of a pancatsilat fighter than a kung fu fighter or did you just find your balance between all these different styles I think when I started stunts it became more of a movement thing for me. So I think now I'm going a bit back to the martial arts side of it again without thinking about the stunts and choreography aspect. Because then stunts and choreography needs to look good and um, you have to make it look real without it being real. And also with Kung Fu, I stopped training a few years ago. So my Kung Fu is really bad right now. <laughs> so I think. Um, Now I practice mostly penchak silat and boxing and kickboxing just because it's, I think it's because it's more available to me right now because I don't have a Kung Fu teacher now. And um, also I want to try more wushu and it's hard to find a teacher here. So I'm like, oh, I want to do it again, but um, I just have to find a way. So it's more like, I guess, more practicality. And then also... I think I'm kind of in the middle of the journey for me because also the Penchak Silat, I didn't take the last step where you have to, like you have your knowledge and then you have to, you know, like a freestyle dancer. You, you might go to classes and learn dances, like um, steps for all your life. But if you don't take those steps and everything you get from your teachers and make it your own and build it together and break it down, it's like in crumb when you do a concept and you don't find a way out and you're like lost in the movement. That's when the work begins. So you have to see, okay, where can I go from here? 
what kind of movement can I create? So it's the same in Penchak Silat. You have your steps, you have everything, but um, I'm like just there to do it slowly. Yeah. Right. And so when you started your stunt woman career, you actually didn't fight so much. Like as from what I understood, like you were, you didn't fight so much and then you had to fake fighting, right? Yeah. You, you mean fight as in fight as in real fights? Yeah. Like as part of training, because so, we, we were talking a lot about the forms. Yeah. Uh, but you, you didn't fight so much. And oh, I see. To, with another person. Yeah. With another well, person. That's it. Um, I think I know what you mean. So first of all, um, like really fight, fight for me is only in a competition, like as an, unless you're a street fighter or like you get into brawls <laughs> in the street, which, which I don't, like I never had a street fight, but I don't know. So, so it's hard to test. Like, I don't know, every person that does martial arts, it's, it's good to do it, but it's hard to say that works or that works. Even though if, like, I trust my teachers, I'm sure they can defend themselves, but I don't know if I could do it, even if I study it, because what I learned in Muay Thai is, you have to, like you learn a technique and then you apply it straight away, which is what I love because in Penchak Silat on Kung Fu, you can't really do it. You can do it with sweeps and stuff like that, but it's, it has a limit. Whereas in Muay Thai, you're against the person who does the same thing than you and you like, can directly measure what works and what doesn't. So I only had one Muay Thai fight. That was a long time ago. And that's another story by itself. But um, <laughs> so fight-wise, I like real fight, I just had one fight. But like as in dancing with a person, because when we do choreography, it's like sometimes we say we dance together because we have to look for the timing, look for the distance, look for the shape and all of those things. And this part can also be um, taken from the dance knowledge. So sometimes dancers going to stunts and they do really well because they they know like their body their distance the timing they have a good feeling for it so when I had the audition for Dr. Strange for example I didn't do so much choreography with other people actually I, I don't think I've ever did choreography with other people but um I knew the movement my movement from kung fu already like my own movement and then I need to learn to adapt to the other person with time you learn the basics of screen fighting as in when you hit, you go long. And then when you defend, you stay in your pocket, like you stay short, you don't reach out, uh, stuff like that. I mean, it might be different for different movies, different styles, but just like the basics in the beginning or how you turn your shoulders just to make it look big. So that you learn with the work, I'd say, or with experience or just practicing. So I think I took a little bit from Penchak Silat and from Kung Fu, just from what I knew. And then the rest I learned from stunt people who were also martial artists. Like I learned a lot from all different people, just giving me different tips, tips and tricks for different styles. Yeah. What about the face expressions? Because I was mentioning the fight, because how can you fake getting punched in the stomach, for example, if you've never been punched mm -hmm. in the stomach before? Do you do a small punch, a small kick, so you could feel like, ah, okay, I feel that way. My face does that. Or do mm -hmm. you work on your expression in front of a mirror? Like, how does it work? It's a little bit like acting. So you just imagine. Part of it is you imagine how it is. 
And then part of it is you can practice. One friend told me um, you should watch old Hong Kong movies because they did it the best. The expression was so strong. Like the movies from the 80s, the, the women were so strong and like just their face expression as well. Like, like in dance or acting where you have patterns. Also just have a feeling for the movement, not to overreact. Like reactions are super hard actually. Mm, we did this training, which I found really good for contemporary, for example, as well, where we have to run and then we get like an arrow hit. So you can't anticipate the arrow hit. So you can't be like, oh, and then go. So you have to go directly from the hit to the ground or whatever your reaction is, or like a headshot or something. So we would do running and then usually what some people do or what I still do sometimes is um, like if you get a punch or a hit people anticipate it and go into the other direction before they go into that if the punch would come you go this way but some people go again with it before they go so it's like those things were super interesting for me from a dancer's uh, point of view as well because it's like your nervous system almost as well. Like when you in release technique, if you try to release that muscle and you like still hold it the same way as like for reactions or falling. Sometimes it's super technical like that. Like you have to think about the directions and everything. But I think for emotions and getting hit, it's really about acting and just imagining it. And then, yeah, you can try it as well. I mean, I was hit many times in white type. So Maybe the memory is still there. What was your most challenging stunt? I have to say there are crazy, crazy stunt people out there, like real stunt women and men. <laughs> and I always feel like this is almost like a different thing to what I do. But um, because I come from the performance aspect, so if I think about driving or fire or like high falls, and I'm like, that's crazy. But um, we still do have to do wires or stuff with heights or like hard hits. And um, fighting is also very difficult because you have to think about many things. I think the hardest for me was one of my later jobs. So I came in and I had to do like a very intense fight sequence with a lot of wire work in a short amount of time. So we had um, just a few days of rehearsals where we had to test all the wires. And you don't just test it once, you test it multiple times until it works. The riggers have to figure out how to dial the wires in and what to do. And I have to figure out how to actually perform it. So you're attached to um, a wire or different wires, depending what the movement is. Like an easy one, let's say you're attached on your hips and you jump down from a platform. So the wire is assisting you. So you jump down and then it's like slows you down, for example, like there are different systems for that. Or um, let's say you have to hit the ground and it's like, should be a really strong motion to the ground. So you would have something like a ratchet. So it's um, air pressure system and they set up the pressure and the distance of the wire. And then, um, you have a harness on with different um, pick points, we say. So it's like different loops. So they have to um, 
check where is the best position to attach the wire. And so if it's like here, for example, this will, my shoulder will go first, right? If it's the hip, my bum will go first. So you have to think about all that. And then the ratchet is a system. You just press the button and then the person goes flying. <laughs> so, so stuff like that. And it can have all kinds of different shapes and forms depending on what the action is. And it's always a bit new. Sometimes you did similar wire movements, but um, there's always a, a factor that is like new and you just have to adapt to it quickly. So I think like that's the main thing in stunts. You just have to adapt and just deal with what there is and just like make it look the best that you can. Um, but that was quite challenging, like to do everything in a short amount of time and um, to survive it. And, and yeah. But it went, it went all well, and I'm excited for the outcome. So if we go back at, to your career, like what you've done so far, after Doctor Strange, you did Wonder Woman and Terminator 6. How did you end up doing these movies? Like, did an agency then contacted you and sent you to the different castings? How does it work? So my first job, I fell into it. I was approached by a friend for the audition. And then the second job came out of the first job because someone recommended me for Wonder Woman. So they, I was actually lucky and they missed another girl. So they called me and said I could come in and join them for this um, fight sequence, which they filmed in Italy, which was super cool to be part of. So then there was like a little break where I took another dance job and I was traveling to Asia. And then I was in Berlin and then someone emailed me Again, because someone from Wonder Woman recommended me to the Terminator team. That's basically how more or less like I got to know more and more stunt people and then like to broaden the network. But I think um, there are different ways how it works. So either like this, like you start working, you fall into it and then you just hopefully if it goes well, like you keep on working and then you just meet more people and then, you know, so you just keep working like that. So, and then recently in 2019, you were part of a choreographer's team for a Netflix show. So that's, that was the next level from being in the stunt to yeah. choreographing the stunt. Yeah, that was a um, really cool experience. So um, the team that did Jupiter's Legacy was also the team that did the Terminator. They were looking for people to come and help out with the choreography, but also just organizing stuff, training with the actors and all of that. The stunt coordinator reached out to his people, but they were all busy at that time. So because I worked with the Terminator team for a long time before, and I knew like what the team is, because stunts works as a team in many areas. So um, it's good if you know the workflow. So I came in with two other guys from the US to um, assist in the choreography and um, shoot the previous, train the actors and just organize behind the scenes. So it was really cool. It was really good experience just not to be the performer anymore, but um, to see how, how complicated everything behind the process is. Like when you're a performer, you're just there, you don't, it's hard to be a performer. You have to think about many things, but you don't, it's not like your mind is not that stressed. Like you're just there, you just do what people tell you and everything's fine. But um, when you're behind the scenes, you have to think, oh, it's so much more 
things and just deal with different departments. Um, you learn how to deal with them. Like there's a lot of politics. So you can't just, yeah, you have to know the game a little bit. Just, you know, be like mindful of all the different departments and all the work that they do. So you can't be like, oh, stunts comes first and we need this, this and that. What is the starting point? Is it like a mood board from the director saying, okay, I imagine this. And then from the angle that he wants, you have, you create your choreography or is it more, okay, this is the action. We create the choreography and then here he comes or she comes and sees which angles are interesting. What is the mm -hmm. process? So um, I think usually there is a storyboard and then it really depends on the workflow between director and second unit director or action team. So nowadays the action team or the stunt team, they create a previs, it's called. So it's a pre-visualization -visu for the action scene, which means um, they sometimes they just, or we just get a script saying like very vaguely, like she jumps from the roof, she draws her sword and fights five people. One gets hit to the ground, one gets knocked off, like stuff like that, like super basic. But then um, depending on the choreographer, like you can add your flavor and just suggest things to the director and to the team. So we shoot a previous how we think until there is more information about, like if there's information of what the style should be, then we implement it. And then the previous is shot pretty much like a real movie. So it's just, well, it's just like in the rehearsal area. So the stunt performers play the actors and um, all the bad guys and whatever else there is. Like we built worlds from cardboard boxes. And like, so it's like, very playful way but it's still made like quite professionally and all the angles and the camera positions are all um, how we imagine it to be and then we present it to the director and the director maybe says that's amazing exactly like that we're going to shoot it or maybe he's like I don't like this this and that this doesn't make sense in the storytelling can you change that or um, or maybe they have their own idea some directors they don't work with previous, they just shoot everything on the day, like how they imagine it, which is it's quite risky, but there are people like that. So it really depends. But usually the stunt team does like a lot of the work to visualize it and to create the, the action. When you're on the set, do you have the opportunity to embody fully the character that you're playing? Because earlier on, you mentioned in Peng Chat Silat, the flow that you can dive into while you do the form. And then, you know, in dance, you can get into that uh, flow state while you perform. When you're on set, do you have the time to dive into that or is it just too short? It depends what you do. I would say yes, just because of that concentration level. So if I am on set, I really focus on, like, it's shorter, of course. Like, sometimes you have to do a longer sequence, like a longer fight sequence, but um, usually it's relatively short compared to, like, a kung fu form or something. So you, so I kind of dive into the zone with that short amount of whatever I need to do. Like, if it's five fight beats, then 
I really focus on those five, five, but that's just me personally. Maybe it's like too much, but I really like <laughs> just that. And then I focus on that. For me, I can get into the flow like that. Like it's definitely also an adrenaline rush and you like really focus on one thing and then you move to the next. And it's like really a dense form of focus and the next, next, next. Like you work your way through whatever you have to do. Do all your different experiences allow you to find your artistic touch, like your, your style, your genuine style? Because as you mentioned, like you were switching from one style to the other, that today your Kung Fu is like maybe far behind and you, you want to go back into it, yeah. you know, from shifting from different disciplines, going back to dance, going back to stunt. In the end, do you feel like you're switching or do you feel like you're working on something more refined? And maybe you're still looking for it. I don't know. Um, so I was thinking about that actually recently because um, when you work in stunts, you can, I mean, that would be the next step if I would be a choreographer, let's say, or like now I'm just performing and um, I just want to perform for a while because like I've done a few projects and I've learned a lot, but there is so much more. So so I just want to perform now, but, um, but I think as a performer in stunts, you don't necessarily build that your own character that much because usually there's a choreographer and they decide what the style is. Some performers are also defining the style because they are just so amazingly good in what they do. But I don't think I'm at that point. <laughs> Uh, in time, but um, within my own research and style as in dance and panchaxilat, like a little bit outside of film, I think I would need to do more work. This is like my state right now, like with the panchaxilat, like how to bring it together, how to share it with other people as well, like with other dancers and um, see what the common ground is and then maybe take it into the artistic world. I think unless you do that work to find your artistic purpose or intention, or if that's your, if that's what you want to do, I don't think you will get it necessarily by just practicing and um, doing stunts because I think, yeah, you just really need to do that as a specific intention. Cause now it's really that point where I'm like asking myself, What do I want to do as an artist? Because that's how I started. But then now like doing stunt jobs, it's not, sometimes it gets lost and it's just up to you to bring that back and to do more creative stuff. And there are like a lot of stunt people who do amazing creative work. Like, so um, yeah, I think, I hope in the future I have more to offer in that kind of space where I'm like, This is what I did, like my own thing. Mm. <laughs> But um, Do you believe that you have all the tools inside you right now? Or do you feel like you need to go back to Indonesia, travel more? Yeah, I think I need to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think in the last years I was very focused on the choreography aspect. And in the end, you can make a choreography look good without being a martial artist like you don't need to but um you can make it look 
even nicer if you care about the martial arts aspect um, or if you're a dancer who cares about martial arts and all that. So it's like, it just depends how far you want to take it. But I, for myself, I need to take more classes again and remind myself of what I maybe knew and lost through the process and um, just connect it a bit more. And um, in a few fields, I definitely just need to train more in general. I focus more on performance, but there are so many more aspects in stunts that I need to explore. What would be your recommendations for an amazing fight choreography or a movie, something that, you know, you watch so many times and you, you say, oh, it's so beautiful, a movie you love? Um, there's so much. I would say watch The Raid. It's an Indonesian film and it's, um, it's the first movie that brought Penchak Silat into the spotlight where everyone was like, oh my God, that's amazing. What is that? And um, it's very brutal, but it's worth watching it just for the choreography as well. And um, so Raid 1 and 2. And then I would recommend the old Jackie Chan movies of course, <laughs> and some Hong movies. So I would recommend Dragons Forever and Wheels on Meals, two in a combo. Um, and then something from the newer time, I would recommend the SPL, the first one, and Flashpoint with and by Donnie Yen. So there was six movies, but I feel <laughs> like... We have an extended that covers like different that, that covers different styles of choreography. Cool. Well, where can we find you, Julia? Uh, you can find me on Instagram under my name Julia Shunevich, or on Facebook as well. If you have any more questions, anyone about stunts, martial arts, and dance, I always like to nerd out about these topics. So, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today. It was really cool. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening until the end. Remember to hit the button subscribe on the app you're using in order to make sure you'll never miss a show and to support us. Also, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Dances FAQ. Ciao, guys. <laughs>